Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Rufus who loved writing stories. Little Rufus dreamed of being a writer, so he stood in English literature. Don't tell him that he shit does, he might fight you. Even though it's true, even though he is second worst writer in the world. Second worst writer in the world. Second worst writer in the world. The second worst writer in He's so mediocre, he can't even claim to be the worst writer. So if you think about it, he's actually worse than the worst writer in the world. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and my glass-eyed, threadbare, old, cuddly toy of a friend. What's that supposed <laughs> to mean? What's that supposed to mean? I'm comparing you to a, a, to a lovely old teddy bear that I've had for years, well, and so you kind of s- look quite sad and you smell a bit. Stop it this instant <laughs> and, and liken me to a brand new teddy bear that's all shiny. OK, I'll start again. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and my fluffy mm. elephant uh, from Hamleys of a friend, Howard Long. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to our lovely patrons on Patreon for patronising this show. And thanks to you, Howard, especially mm. you, for writing the things that go in this show, except for this week when I wrote no. it. Let's get on with the show, shall we? No. <laughs> All right, so, Howard, last week you taught me everything I needed to know to write a romance movie. You taught me all the structural stuff, all the content, all the the, th- the elements that needed to be there. Mm. And then, together, we created a romance movie. But then, right at the end, we decided to ignore all of them and just keep one thing, which was the title. Yes. Which was Restaurant for Murderers. Ooh. So, I have written a romance <laughs> movie... Which is called Restaurant for Murderers, oh but also ignores all those other plot points that we came up with completely. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> so, are you ready to hear it? Yeah, of course, yeah. And I'm ready to be surprised by the content. <laughs> all right. But I imagine there's definitely a restaurant in it. I mean, if there's not a restaurant in it, I'll be severely disappointed. <laughs> well, let's find out. I've tried to learn as much as I can from you while also applying a bit of my own experience as well. Yeah, well, so. like actual um, film law rather than me. So you've written something good oh, no, no. instead. No, I didn't mean about films. I oh. meant like life experience because I don't have oh. film experience. No, I mean any anything about movie scripts or movies is from you. That's mm. 100% expertise from you. I, I've just tried to put a bit of my own life experience in. As you'll see from the first line, Exterior, Coville skyline, afternoon. (laughs) Brilliant. We look down on a small town in Leicestershire in the year 1998. Brilliant, so we're there. Yeah. Good. And we're in a helicopter or something, are we looking down? (laughs) I don't know what it's like now, so I had to use, like, I had to set it in a time when we actually did live there, so I wouldn't get the details wrong. So that's why I set it in 98. That's good. So the shops are still open then. (laughs) Yeah, it's no pandemic happening. It's, It's all fine. Yeah. We look down on a small town in Leicestershire in the year 1998. Mm. There are lots of terraced houses and small shops and a squat library. (laughs) It looks well rubbish. (laughs) 
The sort of place you leave the moment you're 18 to go and live somewhere good like London or Crew. <laughs> yeah, Crew. Yeah, I think that already you're breaking the laws of film by like by having an opinion on the place rather than just detailing it. I don't know. I feel like when you're Seems doing a, very a bit of description, approach. sometimes you'll you'll tell that you'll tell the or you'll tell the director how the audience is meant to feel, right? I don't say things like here comes the squire, he's evil. I just say here comes the squire, you know, and I let them decide <laughs> he if looks he's evil. evil. <laughs> he has got a stick with I am evil written on it. Yeah, well that's a, yeah, you can do that. That's a little okay. sneaky cheat you can do if you want people to know. Well, I'm just I'm just saying that it looks rubbish because <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if they're filming mm. Coville the director don't need to do anything. Because <laughs> it does, right? Right, yeah. Fair enough. We travel gradually down to street level, getting increasingly depressed by how grey and rubbish it is. <laughs> A bus pulls up at the clock tower and some old women get off and immediately start crying because they've spent their whole lives in Coville and just realised it. A group of teenagers is sitting on a wall and eating chips and saying nothing to each other because they've got nothing to say because their lives are pointless. I remember that day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> a man is yelling at his dog because the man hates his life but is incapable of perceiving what is truly wrong and so takes it out on his faithful pet. Aww. A pigeon is sick on the post office. <laughs> the TARDIS arrives and out comes Doctor <laughs> 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 oh, he's got good. <laughs> he is followed by a man in a skirt who Doctor Who thinks is a woman. <laughs> because Doctor Who is from the 1970s and thinks about gender in highly reductive terms. Yeah. They walk off and go shopping. <laughs> then, then have a nap at a policeman's house. <laughs> <laughs> then have a nap mm. at a policeman's house. You're mixing genres here, are you? No, no. because they play no further part <laughs> okay. in this adventure and the fact that they are here at all is just a coincidence and should probably be cut because otherwise it will be super confusing. Yeah. I was learning from Blood Red Terror. But also I feel like, you know, it could be just intersecting with the beginning of Siege. Uh, we don't know that Siege didn't happen in Coville. That's true. <laughs> On the other side of the street, we see a good-looking man in his early 30s Ooh. coming out of a shop. Mm. His trousers are a bit boho. <laughs> but his jacket is good. <laughs> Brilliant. His hair is overlapping in the wind. But, but he doesn't seem bothered by this. The expression on his face does not suggest he's thinking of moving to the Arctic and eating someone's skeleton. <laughs> What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? I don't know. That would drive He's me insane if wind moved my hair around. <laughs> the man, whose name is Will, walks, <laughs> yeah, walks along the street looking in his shop windows. He has a slight smile on his face, hmm. which is odd because he lives in Coville <laughs> and therefore has nothing to be happy about. <laughs> he wanders a bit more and then it starts raining, hmm. proving that just when you think life can't get any worse, it does. Mm. Within a few seconds, it's chucking it down good and proper. Mm. Will holds a newspaper over his cool but overlapping hair mm -mm. and runs along the street. He passes the library and a toy shop and a bank, but these are not what he's looking for. Mm. Then he comes to a cafe, peers through the steamed up window, then pushes the glass door and goes inside.
Interior Coville Café Afternoon. A traditional English café. It is not a hipster joint. It is not an upmarket tea and scones affair. It is not hygienic or good. <laughs> Brilliant. Learning from the best, you see. Mm. I mean, you could you could list some other things it's not as well. Don't, <laughs> did, don't feel you need to stop there. <laughs> it is not a clothes shop. Yeah. It is not a bear. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt uh, uh, that was enough. Yeah, fair enough. There are plastic chairs and tables nailed to the floor. <laughs> there are pictures of the food on the walls that make the food look like inedible plastic. <laughs> Seriously, the pictures look like they were taken by someone who's never eaten food before. Mm. Like a robot from space turned up, found some sausages that were cooked a week ago, mm. stuck them on the oldest plate he could find, pointed a floodlight at them and went, there you go, it looks like it's made out of greasy Lego. I expect that's precisely what humans like to eat. Click, click, crash, bang, wallop, what a picture. I'm going to visit my dad now. Yeah. His name's Gana Gana Nick Kutana. <laughs> Am I getting scripts right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, cool. Excellent. I think what what you're absolutely getting correct is is the way you're describing things that there's no way the director could put on screen. <laughs> There's no yeah. way he can show yeah. that the, no. the robot from outer space took these photographs. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I re- that's some of the things that I enjoyed most in your scripts is when you just say things yeah. that there's no way this this can possibly be realised. Mm. Those were my favourite bits, and yeah. I tried to do that. Good, good, well done. Anyway, so we're in this cafe. <laughs> there are a few old people at the tables who may or may not be alive. <laughs> They are staring at cups of weak milky tea and smell of sprouts. <laughs> Will enters and seats himself at an empty table by the window. <laughs> Brilliant. A waitress, Eve, Ooh. emerges from the kitchen carrying two plates of food which unfathomably managed to look worse than the pictures on the walls. Oh, amazing. I love the use of the word emerge there. Very well done. <laughs> Did you do that? Should have materialised. Did you do that on purpose, or did, did it just no. happen? Because that's no. a, that's what you understand yeah. now from scripts. No, if I, if it had been on purpose, I would have gone with something much more extreme, okay. like materialises or <laughs> like walks through the wall or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I just did it naturally. She is in her late twenties and has whatever physical characteristics Howard finds most attractive this week. <laughs> she probably has ginger hair, mm. and therefore it makes a lot of sense that I'm going to perform her with a Scottish accent, despite the fact that she's from Coville. Mm. Here you go, Mrs. Cotton. Two plates <clears throat> of sausage, egg, and chips. <laughs> Two plates of sausage, egg, and chips. Is one of these for your husband? Mm. Brilliant. He's not with me today. He's at home working on his series of epic fantasy novels. <laughs> yes, says Mrs. Cotton. Yeah. Hey, we should well, we should really check out to see if he ever got that published because I mean he, he might have done. <laughs> do, do you know his first name? I don't know if he would have. I don't know if he would have published under the name Mr. Cotton. <laughs> I'm sure we can find out. Uh, so uh, Mrs. Cotton says, is it, is it him working on his series of epic mm. fantasy novels? And Eve says, still, ha. 48 years he's been working <laughs> on them now, and I'm still the only one who's ever read them. Do you know why? Mm. Why? Because they're rubbish. <laughs> and he knows it, but he won't give up. Mm. When I left this morning, he was sitting in the study and crying. Mm. He kept saying, 
Oh, Mrs Cotton, I'll never be as good as that 12-year-old boy who used to be in my class, <laughs> Howard Long. He was a genius and I was so jealous that I always gave him 19 out of 20, even though he always deserved 20. Hey. So, why did you order two plates of food? Mm. I'm hungry, ducky sweetheart. Mm. It's hard work being married to a frustrated writer who's jealous of a 12-year-old he taught 20 years ago. <laughs> now, give me them sausages and bring me some daddies. Why was I 12 in 1978? I got confused about... I added the 98 very late on and then didn't change the other details. When I started writing this, it was present day. Really, you're just trying to be mean. You're trying to tell me I look old. <laughs> using this script as a way to be yeah. to bully me. Yeah. Accidentally, yeah, I yeah. am. Mm. Anyway, now, give me them sausages and bring me some daddies. Mm. Eve fetches a bottle of daddy's favourite brown sauce <laughs> for Mrs Cotton. <laughs> Because Mrs Cotton has good taste in condiments and doesn't use ketchup like some kind of contemptible mouth loser or child. Good. Eve then walks over to Will's table and gets her notepad out. Ooh, sexy. Is she going to write some notes on, notes on love on that, is she? <laughs> yeah. No, not on this occasion, no. Will, question. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That is not Annalisa, it's Eve. Mm-hmm. Nice weather for chickens. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I was a little girl, we had a pet chicken called John. John the chicken. And he used to love going out in the rain. John the chicken. <laughs> yeah, he'd get really excited when it rained. He'd stand at the window and go quack, quack until we let him out. Then he'd swim around in the pond and eat bread and explode. <laughs> I might be remembering it wrongly. So, have you been out shopping? Will looks somewhat distressed by how chatty Eve is being. Mm. We can see from the expression on his face that he is usually reserved and private Mm. and doesn't much like talking to strangers. (laughs) This makes living in Coville difficult for him because the people there won't shut up and leave you alone and are always getting all up inside your grill and asking (laughs) your business. However, (laughs) Eve is hot, so Will doesn't object to her getting all up inside his grill. (laughs) (laughs) I have been out shopping, actually. I've been out shopping for an engagement ring. Ooh. Oh, how exciting. Mm. Eve sits down in the chair opposite Will. The expression on Will's face suggests that he is both surprised and thinking about his dead (laughs) mum. I didn't spend a lot of time on this, so a lot of these lines are taking me by surprise because I've forgotten them. Oh, good. (laughs) Anyway, so the expression on Will's face suggests that he's both surprised and thinking about his dead (laughs) mum. Eve says, Eve says, show me then. And Will says, what? Will is momentarily confused because he was thinking about his dead (laughs) mum. And now he thinks Eve wants him to show her his dead mum. <laughs> the ring, yeah. stupid. Show me the ring. Mm. All right, OK. Will digs around in his bag and pulls out a box that is unusually big for an engagement ring. Mm. I had it specially made because all the rings in the jewellers didn't feel right. You know, just too impersonal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So romantic. Mm. Let's see it then. Can I try it on? <laughs> Eve 
Eve is beginning to give off manic pixie dream girl vibes. <laughs> Seriously, why is she so relaxed and comfortable after meeting him 30 seconds ago? And who asks to try on someone else's engagement <laughs> ring? And why has she got blue hair? Calm down, <laughs> Eve, and stop being so whimsical. Good. Will opens the box and shows her the ring. Ooh, what is that? It's an engagement ring. <laughs> Made of pork. <laughs> pork? <laughs> I wanted it to be special, so I had it made from something I know she likes. <laughs> She's always eating pork, and chops, sausages, bacon. It's even her favourite crisp flavour. Oh. Pork flavour? <laughs> pork flavour crisp, yes. And the other night, when we watched Babe 2, Pig in the City, she kept going up to the TV screen and licking it. <laughs> so I got her a pork ring, because I know she'll like it. Mm. You can't give her a pork ring. <laughs> it's supposed to be gold, with a diamond on. But I've never seen her eat gold or diamonds. You don't eat it, you big handsome lummox. You wear it forever to celebrate your love feelings. Yeah. I think I know my own girlfriend better than some random woman who works in a wool shop. <laughs> I don't work in a wool shop. I work here in this restaurant. But you are a woman. <laughs> yes. I think I know where women work better than some random woman who doesn't even know that she works in a wool shop. Mark my words, if you propose with a pork ring, the answer will be no. Mm. My whole plan hinges on the pork ring. Tonight is our anniversary and I'm going to cook a romantic dinner of cheese sandwiches hmm. and I'm going to hide the ring inside the sandwich so that she's surprised by it. Won't she just eat it and not realise <laughs> since it's made of pork? Mm, you raise an interesting point. Mm. Perhaps I'll put it in her glass of champagne instead. Hmm, <laughs> champagne and pork. How could she turn you down? My thoughts exactly. If someone put a pork ring in a glass of champagne and made me a cheese sandwich, mm. I'd definitely marry them. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best. Um, Will. My name's Will B. Innocent. Nice to meet you, Will B. Innocent. My name's Eve L. McKillar. <laughs> now, what can I get you? Uh, cheese sandwich, please. Mm-hmm. Eve goes to the kitchen and makes Will a cheese sandwich. Mm. She doesn't put a pork ring in a glass of champagne for him, but we remember Will saying that he'd marry someone who made him a cheese sandwich three lines ago <laughs> and understand that this is subtle foreshadowing. <laughs> Hope he has daddy's brown sauce with his cheese sandwich. <laughs> he definitely does. I think uh, I'm going to have to pull you up now because you've made a fundamental <laughs> error um, in this. Of judgment. Of judgment, yeah. In that, like, um, Eve... She seems quite normal and not at all irritating. And he seems like he's an idiot. And the woman's supposed to be an annoying idiot. And the man's, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, as I said, just a bit moody. I was learning a lot from you, but I was also putting some of my experience in. Mm. And whenever I'm irritated by people, it's always men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why we have to we have to make women annoying in movies. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes perfect sense. Mm. 
trying to even <laughs> We're the, the even balance. It, yeah. Reality. Yeah. <laughs> Reality is just full of annoying men, and movies are full of annoying women. Mm. That's equality. Exactly. <laughs> I think you've hit on hit on some truism there. <laughs> Next scene. Ooh. Interior, the cafe, night. Ooh, sexy. Eve is clearing up. Mm. There are no customers because the cafe is closed. Mm-hmm. Eve is probably mopping or something. Mm. Maybe she's got headphones on and is bopping to show that she's quirky and flexible. Yeah. From the expression on her face, we can see she is thinking about wool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typo, though, right? It's supposed to say will. <laughs> She's thinking, she's thinking about wool, I think. <laughs> From the expression on her face, we can see she's thinking about wool. Mm. She hasn't fallen for him yet. They only just met. Got to take a bit of time. No, I think that's long enough. <laughs> they, had, they, had a meat, they had a meat cute because like there was some meat. It wasn't there. It was pork in this, on this occasion. <laughs> and, and they were both cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> there is a knock on the glass door. Eve looks up, surprised. Through the door, we can see Will. He has obviously been crying, and this time not about his dead mum. <laughs> <laughs> Eve removes her headphones and unlocks the door. Will enters. Mm. Hi, Will. What are you doing here? You were right. I should have listened to you. What a fool I've been. <laughs> me? Right. Are you sure? That doesn't sound like me. Mm. What was I right about? I proposed to my girlfriend... It was just like in the movies. I got down on one knee. I said her full name, including her middle name, for some reason, like they do in the movies. I said, Jane Woolshop, woman one. Will you marry me? Her name's Jane Woolshop, woman one? No, but she's never told me her full name. <laughs> and I knew I had to use it, including the middle name, because that's what they always do in movies. So I just made one up. <laughs> the woman you proposed to has never told you her full name. <laughs> Correct. Mm. So you made one up to use in your proposal? That's right. And you chose Jane Woolshop Woman One? <laughs> well, she is a woman, and she does work in a wool shop. Although she claims to be an architect, but I've never seen a building made out of wool. <laughs> so, what happened when you proposed? Mm. Well, I said her full name, Jane Woolshop Woman One, mm. exactly. And I could tell she knew what I was going to do next because she covered her mouth with her hands like they do in the movies. Mm. And she made a little sound to show how excited she was. What sound? It was kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then I held up the ring box, still kneeling, even though my knees really hurt by this point, Mm. and I flipped open the lid so she could see the pork ring, Mm. and I said, Will you marry me? And then I got confused because my name's Will. And if, I, and if I go around saying, will you marry me? I might think it's a command and accidentally marry myself. I might think it's a command and accidentally marry myself. So then I said, me, you marry, Will. But that didn't seem right either. So I said, will you, Willie, Will? And do you know what she replied? No. Exactly. She said no. And then she said she's never liked me and I'm stupid and she never wants to see me again. Wow. Oh, you poor thing. 
and she said she doesn't even like pork and she was only eating it because I kept putting it in her mouth and it seemed rude <laughs> to spit. You kept putting pork in her mouth? <laughs> in a flirty way. <laughs> I don't think there is a flirty way <laughs> to put pork in someone's mouth. There is. Look, I'll show you. Mm. 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 What are you doing, Will? Porking you. See, I told you it was flirty. It really isn't. Why are you here, Will? This cafe is closed. I was upset and I had nowhere else to go. Really? We only met this afternoon and that was only a few minutes. And I was just serving you in my job as waitress. Wool shop worker. <laughs> waitress. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Do you not have any friends? No, I was in a relationship. I didn't need friends. Mm -hmm, true, good, good. This is um, very observant. <laughs> Observation, yeah. I've, I've seen how people in relationships act. Mm. Oh dear. Well, listen... I've got to go somewhere in a few minutes. Everyone abandoned me. <laughs> but listen, you could come with me if you like. Ooh. Mm. Yes, that sounds nice. Where are you going? I've got a job on. <laughs> a wool job? No, it's not a wool job. Are you sure? It probably <laughs> is. I expect you just haven't realised yet. It's not a wool job, Will. I'll tell you what. While we walk there, you can try and guess ah! what my secretive second job is. Is it wool? Is it wool job? <laughs> no, wool uh, job. No. <laughs> they leave together. Eve locks the door, leaving the restaurant lights on and the mop still standing in the bucket. Mm. We understand that she is neglecting her work to spend time with Will and find the image of the empty cafe highly significant and suggestive. <laughs> Exterior, Coville Street, night. Mm. Will and Eve make their way along the gloomily lit street. Eve is tapping the metal railings or playing hopscotch or something. <laughs> From the expression on Will's face, we can see he is already regretting going with her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nailing romance. <laughs> Nurse? No, try again. Bar girl, stewardess, actress, burlesque performer, yeah. um, woman, woman? <laughs> Is your job being a woman? <laughs> no, no and no. Hey, do you want to hear a story about when I was a teenager? Mm. <laughs> um, okay. When I was 14, I had a paper round. <laughs> I deliver all these newspapers to houses in the neighbourhood. Yeah. Anyway, there was this one house yeah. which would always have the curtains closed, no matter how late I arrived. Mm. And I could always hear sounds coming from inside. And can you guess what type of sounds, Will? That's right, sexy sounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> and <laughs> There were people in there having sex every single morning. Then, one day, I arrived and there was no sound. So I hid in the bushes and waited and a man came out of the door, pulling up his skirt, which he always wore because he was Scottish. Mm. And he turned back and shouted, Thanks for the sex, Beryl. And as he walked past me, I saw that he was... My dad. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? 
That was the last time I saw my dad. My mum says that after that he went on a space adventure with Doctor Who. (laughs) But I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who with a companion called Jamie McKillar in it. And I've seen all the Doctor Whos, well, all the new ones, Mm. well, all the ones with David Tennant in. Mm -hmm. I'm finding this conversation quite confusing. (laughs) I'm just trying to sauce things up a bit by talking about sex. (sighs) But... Your dad having sex. Yeah, pretty illicit, hey? <laughs> now your turn. Tell me about your sex life so I can think about your penis. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got... This This section's really good. <laughs> what I've learned from you mm. is that um, they should talk about really weird sex stories <laughs> in, and uh, as, if, as if it's arousing in any way to any humans. <laughs> At least one of them should believe that this is a good it's thing. It's flirting, it's fun. <laughs> Uh, so, um, tell me about your sex life so I can think about your penis. Mm, I've only had one girlfriend. We've been together since I was 11 years old. <laughs> oh, how romantic. A childhood romance that lasted. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I saw her. I'd got in trouble at school. Yeah. <laughs> And I was sitting outside the vice principal's office, <laughs> waiting to get punished, when the girl of my dreams appeared in front of me and said, Hello, I'm the vice principal. <laughs> so <weird>. Sexy. <laughs> oh, look, we've arrived. What a shame I won't get to hear any more of your romantic story. They stop outside an expensive-looking house and look at it. Exterior, big expensive house, night. So, you ready to help me? I don't know what we're doing here yet. What are you, a babysitter? Here, you'll need these. Eve opens her bag and takes out a metal baseball bat and a gun. (laughs) She hands them to Will. Strange tools for a babysitter. (laughs) I'm not a babysitter, Will. I'm an assassin. Wow. And I've been paid to murder everyone in this house. So, are you going to help or not? (laughs) Exterior, big expensive house, later. Wow, that was really exciting. What a thrill. I've never felt so alive. Mm. You might have gone a bit over the top in there, Will. There was no need to murder the dogs. You said kill everyone. I didn't say beat the Shih Tzu to death with a baseball bat, though, did I? Mm. I think it was implied. Mm. Anyway, maybe you should be thanking me for saving your life from that sneak attack from behind. Oh, yes. Thanks, Will, for saving me from that hamster that I hadn't noticed behind me, (laughs) locked in a cage and asleep under some hay. I shot him right in his hamster face. (laughs) Will's phone rings. (laughs) This is where you can tell that I changed the date at the last minute and didn't read the script again because Will's now got a mobile phone (laughs) in 1998. (laughs) Will's really old, big mobile phone. He could have been an earlier adopter of a mobile phone. Yeah, he must have been, yeah. He takes it out of his pocket and looks at the screen. It's Mrs Stevens. Who? My girlfriend, Mrs Stevens. (laughs) (laughs) He answers the call. Hello, Mrs Stevens. Yes, of course I'm alone. Really? You do? I'll be right there. Will hangs up. 
That was Mrs Stevens. She's changed her mind. She says she wants to marry me and eat pork after all. Because it's like, you know, when you... When you, uh, you didn't do any second draft of this, did you? Because it's like... No, no, you were like, that actually yeah, he, was dating, he didn't know her surname. Didn't know surname but now, now it's the vice principal and he does know her surname, specifically yeah. only Also, that, she was an architect at one point yeah, and yeah, then yeah. she became the vice principal. There's so very much... I'm trying to channel first draft Howard... <laughs> Yeah, no, by not enough. not reading it. Yeah. yeah, not changing things. Yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah, I'm not dissing you. I'm, I'm complimenting you. Thank you. No, I'm I'm trying to live up to you because you know it keeps people on the toes and it gives something people <laughs> something to talk about after they're like, hold on a second, didn't he not know her surname oh, and she wasn't she an architect and she was called yeah. um, uh, Jane Walshop Woman yeah, One. Yeah, but now she's called Mrs. Stevens. Yeah, it's good stuff. Twist, isn't it? It's narrative exactly. twist. Exactly. Like, yeah. You weren't expecting yes, her that's to suddenly call be called them. something else and have a different yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's not shit continuity. It's a twist. <laughs> That's, that's ba- that is basically what people are thinking in, in, in um, these days, isn't it? They go, yeah, and it's an amazing. It's not an amazing twist. You just lied to us for ninety minutes and then said yeah. she changed, she changed the story. The went, yeah, actually, she's called Mrs. Stevens and is a teacher. Yeah. You thought she was called Jane Walshop Woman One was an architect because I told you <laughs> yeah. she was, but, but it turned out she wasn't because I was lying. I was lying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, Will got the phone call. She changed her mind. She says you want to marry me and eat pork after all. Mm. Oh. That's nice. I'm happy for you, Will. I'm happy for me too. Hmm. Well, it's getting late. I suppose it's time I was getting to sleepy bibles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's after my sleepy bibles time as well. <laughs> Thanks for the exciting murder spree. See you later. Hmm. Will runs off to marry his elderly girlfriend. <laughs> See, um, what, what I'm, uh, I'm trying to do here, this is the low point, right? They've yes. had their high, but this is the, this is the moment of crisis it is, yeah. when it all seems to be going wrong for our, our protagonist couple. <laughs> yeah, except neither of them seem that bothered by it. But, I mean, <laughs> he, seems quite, he seems quite happy. Oh, yeah, he's happy. But let's see how our true like, point of view protagonist, Eve, reacts to this. Will runs off to marry his elderly girlfriend. Mm. Eve says, yes, see you, Will. Eve turns and walks away from the camera. It starts snowing and a sad song plays. Brilliant. It starts snowing and a sad song plays. Probably an 80s song on a single guitar, all slow. Mm. Not Chaz and Dave, though. That's not going <laughs> to sound maudlin, even yeah. if you do slow it down. Can't play Snooker Loopy or poor old Mr Woogie on a plucked ukulele at a moment of deep emotion like this, Trevor. I don't know. I think if you used a piano and you got Lily <laughs> Allen to do it, like with a John Lewis advert, you could probably like go like... Snooker, Loopy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, what you'd have to do is put so much reverb on the voice that you really can't tell what she's singing. Because mm. if you can hear the words, it's going to be ruined. <laughs> like, Why is she singing Snooker, Loopy? That's weird. Snooker. <laughs> Why is she singing about loving snooker in that really sad way? That's really odd. <laughs> anyway, the, the, back, to the, back to the script. It says, no. The music that plays is something that sounds cool and sorrowful when slowed down. Something like Black Lace's Superman. <laughs> sung by a reedy-voiced woman and played on a lute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the music reflects that it is a sad moment because we thought Will and Eve were going to bone, but then they didn't. Mm. While the slowed-down version of Superman by Black Lace plays, <laughs> we see a montage of Eve looking melancholic <laughs> in various situations. She combs her hair in the mirror. <laughs> she sleeps. 
<laughs> she goes for a walk. <laughs> she sprays. <laughs> she rings. She rings the bell. <laughs> she waves her hands. Come on, wave your hands. She supermans. <laughs> good. It's a good, good, uh, good montage. <laughs> We see Eve going through the motions of her daily routine, but she doesn't seem as cheerful, manic or pixie-like as she did before. Mm. We see her mopping the cafe floor and bringing plates of sausages to Mrs Cotton. Maybe she has dyed her blue hair black for symbolism. <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, Eve looks at the door a bit sadly. We get the impression that she fell for Will far too quickly and is now pining for him. The audience is fine with this because they think straight people falling in love is the most wonderful thing in the world and don't question it, <laughs> stupid audience. But they seem so right for each other. <laughs> they such don't, chemistry. <laughs> we see Eve doing her other job, no. which is murder, <laughs> also with a miserable expression on her chops. <laughs> yeah. At one point, she rips a man's heart out with her bare hands and then holds it to her chest and cries. <laughs> We understand that this is a powerful visual metaphor and we cry too. <laughs> the music swells. We comb our hair. We wave our hands. We Superman. <laughs> yeah, you can't really tell the audience to cry, though. Um... <laughs> but how will they know? I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's no way anyone's crying at that scene unless I tell okay, them. Well, to. okay, well, you can tell them, but you've got to like put like a, a subtitle, like subtitle, cry, <laughs> cry now. Yeah. No, well, it's, the subtitle is going to say, "Comb your hair, wave your hands, come on, wave your hands, Superman." <laughs> Yeah, and then, but right. then cry. So and one of the when one I've got them doing that, yes. I'll also put cry in, yeah. and that, that's how that's going to work. Interior cafe day. Eve carries two plates of beans to Mrs. Cotton. They are literally just plates with beans on. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> Here you are, Mrs. Cotton. Are you sure you don't want some toast or something? <laughs> On your jucky sweet banana. I'm in a bean mood today. Not a toast mood. Two plates of beans will be plenty, thank you. No, Mr Cotton again. Mm. Oh, that man. I've had enough of him, I don't mind telling you. Do you know what he called me this morning? He called me pure, fat, stupid <laughs> Mrs Cotton. The only reason I'm pure is because he's meant to be the breadwinner and he spends all his time writing rubbish books about elves and wizards. <laughs> Or complaining about how his book will never be as good as Blood Red Terrorhood by Howard Long. Hooray! I'm starting to wish I'd never married him in the first place. Wow. Have you thought about employing someone to murder him? <laughs> I should be so lucky. I can't afford a murderer on his wages. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> hey, maybe someone will give you a discount. Mm. Eve hands a business card to Mrs Cotton. It says, Eve L. McKillar, cut price murderer on it. <sighs> While Mrs Cotton is searching through her massive handbag for her reading glasses, the door to the cafe opens <gasps> and Will enters. Hooray! You did it! You! Tell the truth! Admit it! <sighs> what are you talking about, Will? You killed her! You murdered the love of my life! Mrs. Stevens. <laughs> well, be quiet, please. You took her from me in the prime of her life when she was only 92 years old. <laughs> I didn't. 
You're the only murderer I know. It must have been you. Will, come over here and sit down. Eve guides Will to a table as far away from other customers as possible. Mm. Will, I didn't kill your girlfriend. I've never even met her. Do you promise? Of course. Now, tell me what happened. Well, it's a bit of a mystery, actually. That's what the police said. Because she was found in a locked room on the top floor. And the only way the murderer could have got in and out was through the window. But that's so high up, the police officer said the murderer would have needed very long arms. And to be unusually good at swinging and eating bananas. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. And to be unusually good at swinging and eating bananas. <laughs> bananas? <laughs> I wasn't sure about that bit either. <laughs> but <laughs> but the strangest part was, after the killer murdered my fiancé, no, Mrs Stevens, they shoved her dead body up the chimney. <laughs> and the police officer said... <laughs> And the police officer said, to do that, they'd have to be supernaturally strong or a gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you poor, stupid but beautiful man. It sounds like your girlfriend was a victim of Gorbilla the murdering gorilla. <laughs> what? Yes. You must have heard of him. He's been going around Coville, breaking... It sounds weird when I do it. Coville. Yeah, yeah, Coville. He's been going around Colville, breaking into very high locked rooms and shoving people up chimneys. <laughs> it happened to Mrs Cotton's sister. Isn't that right, Mrs Cotton? Pure Beryl got rammed right up a chimney by a gorilla. <laughs> also called Beryl, that's confusing. Uh, Beryl's the name of um, Eve's dad's prostitute. Not okay, prostitute, just mm. the woman he was sleeping with. Turns out that was Mrs. Ah. Cotton's sister. Yeah, if you're paying attention, it all links. Yeah, yeah. It's another thing I learned from you. Don't have too many characters. Like, sometimes, like, the two things happen <laughs> randomly. That could be to the same character if you want. <laughs> so, where was I? Oh, yeah, so, um, got ran right up a chimney by a gorilla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see, Will, you were the victim of a big murder monkey. You can't blame me for that. Mm. I suppose you're right. Listen, do you fancy meeting up later after my shift and going for a really long walk? Mm. What, just the two of us? Sure, we could drop by the old people's home and talk to someone's gran. <laughs> and maybe we could take a ride on the Colville Eye. <laughs> No, that, that new Ferris wheel. <laughs> yes, I've yeah. heard that when you get to the very top, you're so high, you can see in upstairs windows. <laughs> I suppose that might take my mind off the fact that my girlfriend was shoved up a chimney by a gorilla. <laughs> Classic line there. That's, that, that's going to be on the poster. <laughs> All right, I'll meet you back here at nine. Hmm. Will collects his things together and heads outside. 
As he does so, we follow Eve into the kitchen, where there is a gorilla suit draped over the counter. Oh, twist! Eve looks shiftily through the serving hatch, then uses her unusually long arms to bundle the gorilla (laughs) costume into a cupboard. Exterior, Coville Cafe continuous. Will leaves the cafe and is immediately eaten by bees. (laughs) The end. Yeah, when I was first writing it, I was like, it's got to be a, re- a restaurant, but it's really unnatural to go to a restaurant in the middle of the day. It's unnatural to go to a restaurant in the middle of the day. <laughs> How poor. <laughs> How common are you? Pretty fucking common. Worst writer in the world. Worst writer in the world. Worst writer in the world. Worst writer in the Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. If you'd like more, you can get it really, really cheap from us by joining the Secret Gang on Patreon for as little as $2 a month and immediately getting access to loads more audio episodes. And if you really desperately don't want to give us money because you secretly hate us Us. or money, then why not join our Facebook group, which is free, or, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. We're on there as well. We tend to be called uh, Worst Writer Show. Or you could, if if you're feeling particularly generous but not in a money way, just tell someone about this show and suggest that they listen to it too. Maybe, you know your friends or your family or your, I don't know, dog or something, but not your dog. <laughs> don't tell your dog. <laughs> He'll eat it. <laughs> but, you know, knowing you, listener, you've probably got a rubbish blog. You could post about it on that. You could write a nice review about us. Maybe if you, you could. You might write for Manchester Online Weekly or something. <laughs> you could. I don't know. Where, what was that where in which where someone said good podcast to listen to when you're walking next to a canal <laughs> I know. that was canal walks can, canal walks weekly yeah canal walks weekly <laughs> that was really nice i was really pleased about that because yeah, it's, it's true if there's one ideal place if there's one ideal place to listen to our show mm. it's next to a canal or in a canal <laughs> <laughs> those are the two best places yeah. right yeah or if you haven't got your own rubbish blog you could no no you don't need to because you can write reviews really easily on pretty much on on loads of podcast apps on the internet, the internet on places yeah. like facebook and apple Podcasts and all that kind of guff That's so right. why not do that and use the word great mm. thanks for listening everybody bye bye milk go buy some milk Here's a stupid suck-ass rubbish writer